You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Remember this one? You don't remember this one? <laughs> you can sing along if you know this part. Talk like a man, talk like a man. Walk like a man, my son. <laughs> I love that song, but if if, if, uh, if you if you're old enough to remember that song, I hope you enjoyed that little stroll down memory lane. And if you are too young to remember that song, then don't let anyone tell you that your generation invited invented stupid pop songs. Okay. <laughs> No, I love that song, but uh, I, I was introduced to Frankie Valli um, through uh, when he did the theme music for the movie Grease, uh, but this was the one that charted the top slot on the Billboard charts in 1963, um, Walk Like a Man. Even as a kid, once I understood what he was saying, because I, I had to ask my mom, I'm like, you know, what, what's he saying? So he's, he's, he's saying Walk Like a Man, I'm like, Really? With that voice? <laughs> He's got this, this girly thing going on here when he sings this song. And um, when I got to college and took a composition course, I would learn that that is called poor text painting. It means when uh, the words mean one thing and the music seems to indicate something completely different. But it's such a catchy song, no one cares, you know? <laughs> um, well, this happens in life all the time, right? I mean, we not just in songs, we see it a lot in songs, but um, it happens in life where the words are that someone is saying say one thing and the music or their actions say something else. The world has a word for this, it's called hypocrisy. But often, the world world's perspective is that that is uniquely true of Christians. That's often a, an accusation level at the church, is that it's full of hypocrites. And whenever someone says that to me, I say, you should come, you'll fit right in. <laughs> because it's not just true of the world. I was listening to a comedian, a comedienne on Friday night, and she was um, giving some, it was a funny show, she was giving some great lines, she had a kind of feminist perspective on a couple of things, but she was wearing four-inch high heels, lip gloss, and uh, an outfit that was clearly designed to show off the fact that she spent a lot of time in the gym 
and even by her own admission hadn't eaten bread in five months. Um, her walk was not matching her talk. Christians have a different word than hypocrisy for this. We call it sin. Our inability to live in accord consistently with our deepest convictions. To violate those regularly. This tendency, this inability to do the things that we really think we ought to be doing, which is true of all of human beings, because human nature is consistent across time and space, is the reason why we need the ministry of the Holy Spirit so much. This past month we've been focusing on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the work of that person of the Trinity in our lives. And um, today we're going to drill down just a little bit more on that. Because this is what the purpose is of what we see in the book of Ephesians. Our passage from Ephesians today is talking about the ministry of drawing us back. Because this is true spirituality. People nowadays like to say, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. True spirituality is walking with the Spirit. is having the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, working in your life. And the Holy Spirit always works to do two things. To draw us back to the Christ, who alone has the power to reconcile us to God when we don't live in accord with with those deepest principles. And constantly to teach us how to again and again, when we falter and fail, walk more in accord with Him. To walk and become more like the Christ we proclaim. This is what the passage from Ephesians is really about. The ministry that we see outlined there for us. The ministry of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds. And that's just first century talk for pastors. They didn't use that term for us back then. We were shepherds. And teachers. That ministry is forever to build us up. To call us again back to Christ from whom we wander. And teach us to walk more and more that is to live more and more like Him. Now we're not unique in our inability to live in accord with our deepest principles and that's really what we see in both our Old Testament passage and our Gospel passage. I want you to just for a moment pause with me over the Old Testament passage. The people of Israel are complaining that God is essentially not on their side. God brought us out into the desert to starve. Oh, I wish we were back in Egypt where there was food and we were slaves and Pharaoh could round up our children and kill them. What? Think about what they've seen by this point in the story. God has heard their prayers God has brought, has turned the Nile into blood. He has turned the day into night. He's made it hail, fire from the sky. That's ice that's on fire. It's kind of miraculous. He's turned the curse that Pharaoh intended to bring upon the children of Israel back upon Pharaoh. And he's defeated the world's greatest army 
when he caused the Red Sea to crush in and destroy them after the people of Israel had walked through on dry land. And still they're not convinced God is on their side. (laughs) He wants us to starve. (laughs) What? They want to go back to the slavery they were part of just so they cannot be hungry for a little bit? It's crazy, but we do it all the time. And the people of the New Testament times are no worse. They look at Jesus and say, so, um, you know, what sign are you going to show us? Now understand, this is the day after the multiplication of the fishes and the loaves. You know? Five and two, five fish, two loaves. Feed 5,000 people plus women and children. Sorry, 5,000 men plus women and children. Right? And then they figured out that the disciples left without Jesus, but he's still not here because there's no, there's no boat. So how did he get over there? He must have walked on the water. So in the last 24 hours, he's fed a miracul- miraculously fed a crowd and he's walked on water. But what sign are you going to show us? Come on! Like Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? Come on! <laughs> it's, it's insane. But this is who we are. There is never enough proof for us that God's on our side. There's never enough miracle to sustain us in our intention to follow after Him. And that is why God gives the Holy Spirit to us. To live within us. To dwell within us. To call us first and foremost. When we hear the preaching of the Gospel to call us toward Christ, who can redeem us and save us. And who is our model for living, who we're supposed to walk worthy of. He gathers us, as Luther says in the small catechism, into this body called the church, which for all her sinfulness and all her mistakes, all her warts, is the only place where Christ will be the one who is going to be lifted up as the hope for our salvation, is the only place where the bread of heaven that endures to eternal life is set upon the table for us to feast. He enlightens us. He teaches us when we hear the words of Scripture and in the conversations of the saints to build one another up by speaking the truth in love. He enlightens us about what it means to be claimed by God through Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, what kind of people we were claimed to be. And He sanctifies us, not by our own efforts, but by uniting us to Christ Himself. So that all those fruits of the Spirit for which these banners symbolize, right? Love, peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all the like of that can be born within us. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Calling us ever back every time we falter and fail in our walk calling us back to Christ, which is what it is to do the work of the kingdom, as Jesus says in the gospel today, is to believe on Him and then to set our feet back upon the path of walking in accord with His ways. But pastor, 
and I've heard this so many times, I've tried. I did the church thing. I spent the time, I went to this, I did that, I tried for a little bit, and it just didn't work. If you've ever had a child, I want you to go back in your mind to the time when they were just coming out of infancy and trying to learn how to walk. If you've never had a child, I invite you to imagine that time. I remember when my son, our eldest, was first learning to walk. And he, you know, he, he would do that thing where he was crawling everywhere and he could grab things and, and pull. But he, he would kind of get a hold of something and sometimes he'd get up on that rickety thing like this, you know. Well, I remember one time he tried it without the table for the handhold, and he got this thing going. And uh, one, two, whomp! And up he came with a bloody lip. And Lisa looked at me, and the tears were instant. And of course, we rushed in, and we comforted him. But here's what we didn't do. We didn't, we didn't say, that didn't work for you. <laughs> You just sit here and crawl for the rest of your life. <laughs> and our Heavenly Father is no less kind to us than our earthly fathers and mothers are. Every time we fail, no matter how bloody we get when we go down, He forgives us. And He picks us up. And He sets our feet again upon the path of righteousness the path where we can walk worthy of the calling to which we've been called. And he says, grow up. Grow up into the maturity. Grow up into the fullness of Jesus. Look at your older brother. See what he can do? You can do that too. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And when we hearken to that voice, when we receive the gifts that He gives through the Word and through the sacraments, then even when our knees wobble and when our legs shake, we can put our feet back upon the path and begin to walk not perfectly, but worthy of the calling to which we've been called the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank You for the opportunity to come, to be gathered here to this place and to hear the word of our salvation and the power of Your Spirit to restore us. Grant us, O oh Lord, to not be called back by our baser desires like the Israelites were, away from You, but to have the courage to accept the responsibility to be a mature person, to accept the great adventure You're calling us on of being part of Your royal calling in this world to be about Your kingdom work. Steady our knees. Strengthen our legs. Teach us to walk ever, ever closer to You 
who are forever our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.